Welcome back to New World Next Week. I'm James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. And I'm James Evan Pilato from MediaMonarchy.com. That immediately creates the potential for other countries to be affected. We've got that story, plus the fake musical rebel rant rages on. But first, James, what you and I essentially have said, this is we have to call this This Week in Tyranny. It's not like news about the COVID scamdemic medical martial law is going away. I think if this were essentially weeks or months after 9-11, we would have stories related to the war of terror each and every week because it infects everything. So this week in tyranny, my friends, we begin in Ireland. Ireland to impose six-week national lockdown estimates 150,000 job losses. This from our friends at activistpost.com. Ireland will be the first European country to return to a nationwide shutdown as COVID cases rise, Prime Minister Michael Martin said on Monday. Non-essential retail businesses are ordered to close. Residents are expected to stay within about three miles of their homes, except for work and other essential activities. I think you're allowed to exercise in your own yard, which I'm pretty sure is prison. That's prison talk. Oh, we'll let you, you know, we'll let you get an hour out in the yard. And none of us are even all getting buffed during this, James. <laughs> the country is entering its highest level of coronavirus restrictions for six weeks beginning midnight Wednesday night, which I think is pretty much like right now, James. The country expects 150,000 people to lose their jobs over the next couple of days. This was said, of course, by Deputy Prime Minister Leo Varadkar. We're making a preemptive strike against the virus, acting before it's too late, he said at a Monday press conference. Our objective is to change the structure of the virus to flatten the curve again, again, to get it under control. The government told residents to stay home and exercise only within five kilometers, three miles of their homes. Police will continue to use road checkpoints to deter longer and non-essential journeys. Varadkar said there will be a penalty for travel beyond that distance, but he added that the details are still being finalized. They haven't fully enunciated how martial law works. You know, it's kind of a ad hoc basis. They'll make it up a little bit as they go along. And of course, there will be exemptions for work and essential purposes. Furthermore, in this week in tyranny, four Aust- this is again, the story is just right in the headline. Four Australian babies die after being denied life-saving heart surgery and transfer due to COVID travel restrictions. And that's just one small part. Meanwhile, Australia to axe incoming passenger arrival card for digital app. I know this doesn't sound like it's about the scamdemic, but indeed, Australia will replace its incoming passenger arrivals card with a digital app, which will also allow COVID vaccination certificates to be attached if required as a condition of entry from certain countries. Other data stored on the new digital passenger declaration app. They've already got a name. It's capitalized. It's official. Government plans to launch by September 2021. Oh, it could also include visa information. And then again, just sort of all rolling out at the same time, Ontario introduces program that could replace physical ID cards with phones. And again, maybe, James, that's just another one that basically it tells you exactly what it is right in the headline. Future State Modernization Committee have announced what they are calling the Digital Identity Program. So, James, over here in land of the land of the free, you guys all just look like a bunch of crown-sucking supplicant countries. Canada, Australia, the UK, all scamdemic lockdowns. And again, James, it's, it's happening here as well. 
Well, don't call Ireland the UK. I mean, they fought valiantly for their independence and they wanted a country once again, only to immediately subordinate themselves to the EU and to go lockstep with the globalist agenda. Great reset. Yay. I suppose. Where's the 1916 spirit in Ireland these days? Well, uh, a couple of important things. One, we should put on record that now the headline is, don't worry about those four deaths in that uh, in, in Australia there. That wasn't actually due to the COVID lockdown, at least according to the headlines. Victoria's COVID lockdown did not contribute to four SA baby deaths, says Andrews. Uh, that is uh, Daniel Andrews, of course, the premier of Victoria who would be called Andrews the Terrible if we gave our dictators colorful nicknames as if as in the days of yore. But uh, that's what the headline says. This wasn't due to the COVID restrictions and lockdowns. But when you actually get into the article itself, it starts to get a lot murkier. He says, I, I don't think it was a matter of restrictions. Uh, there was a choice, not, not at our end, but at the other end, for them not to be sent here. And then he goes on to admit, well, I don't really know. I don't know what happened. So the headline says this was not due to lockdowns. And then the actual quote is, I don't think it was the lockdowns, but I'm not going to give you any data on that. Anyway, lockdowns kill. That is an important point to take away from that story. Lockdowns kill and they kill babies. Um, so it's it, as again, the moral preening high ground of the people. You're going to kill grandma if you want to get out of your house to go to Fuddruckers is a disgusting hypocritical stance. And these people do not care about the lives that are being taken by the lockdowns themselves. Secondarily, it is important to call this out for what it is. This is not this week in COVID this week in the virus. No, this week in tyranny, because this is the tyranny rollout. And we have to keep that in mind. This Again, this has nothing to do with a virus at base. This is about the wet dream of every tyrant and uh, would-be dictator in the world right now who sees this as one giant opportunity to get their entire wish list pushed through in one giant shove. And that's why you say, for example, well, the digital arrivals card in Australia, you wouldn't think this has to do with COVID, but of course it'll tie into your COVID vaccination certificate. And that's, that's the point of all of this. You wouldn't think this has to do with COVID because at base, it doesn't. Of course, it's not about this disease that's so terribly deadly that you have to be tested multiple times in order to find out you have it. Have it. Uh, but yeah, exactly right. So I think we have to call this out for what it is. It is tyranny. And this is what the rollout looks like. And yes, as you say, if we were doing, if we were on air on 9-11 and the subsequent weeks and months, you better believe every week would be the update on the rollout of this new war on terror nonsense paradigm we'd stepped into. Now we've stepped into the biosecurity nonsense paradigm. We have to cover all of the ramifications of that and call it out for what it is. It is tyranny at base. And we should start giving our tyrants nicknames like Andrews the Terrible. Mm-hmm. Cuomo the Terrible. Exactly. Uh, James, you know, I, w I certainly wasn't texting, you know, family and friends in the weeks and months after 9-11 like I am now and have been for these weeks and months because not only, I think, do we sort of have the, we've got the knowledge. The knowledge is on our side. They like to say again, of course, the science is on our side and that you should trust the science, which pretty much sounds like a cult religion to me. But I mean, I'm, I feel like in some ways, if this were the 9-11, am I the crazy guy texting my closest friends and family going, why are you going along with this? I don't know. 
James, I'm going to have to look up the 1916 Spirit of Ireland, and maybe we can put that into the show notes. As again, a lot of what this is about, at least for me, James, and that's the great, I think, the great teaming up and the great irony of you and I doing this. You're literally a school teacher, and I'm literally the class clown. But we found ourselves together here, not only just sort of in the 21st century dealing with all of this. Um, it's all about learning stuff. That's why I cover a lot of the stuff I cover, because I want to know more about it. A perfect transition into segment two on this New World Next Week, episode 425, where they don't call it the New World Order for nothing. The digital currency arms race. Oh, this doesn't sound like it's about COVID. Central banks enter the fray to protect national sovereignty. This is coming from the Globe and Mail. And again, everything we say will always be included in the show notes. A group of seven central banks, including Canada's, have issued a statement indicating they're working on common principles and key features for a viable central bank digital currency. Central bank digital currency or CBDC. It's got to have a cool acronym. The banks in Canada, Britain, European Union, Japan, Switzerland, Sweden, and the United States are getting serious about the threat that private digital currencies pose to the control of monetary policy. Just as importantly, the exclusion of most favored nation China from the group signals that central banks are waking up to the threat to national sovereignty if they're not in the official digital currency game or if China gets first-mover advantage. Central banks have been monitoring the emergence of digital currencies, and they say Bitcoin, Facebook's Libra, because that's, of course, that's the second one on the list that everybody would mention. There is a new urgency, because COVID-19 has accelerated the flight from cash. Bank of Canada Deputy Governor Timothy Lane said it out loud. Official digital currencies can pose a strategic threat. Quote, if one country introduces a central bank currency, then that immediately creates the potential for other countries to be affected. And that can create a whole other set of issues. As the Globe and Mail concludes, he likely has in mind China, where the People's Bank of China is well down the road of going electronic. And that's not to mention, of course, Sesame, social credit and all of that. So, James, just to sort of, again, ruminate on this, whether it's some fires but mostly peaceful or the war of terror or the war on drugs or really any government propaganda campaign, maybe like voting, it seems like their solution is to always basically take on the attributes of the supposed enemy. And that's what it seems like. Everybody's like a Stockholm syndrome captive the protesters are acting like the cops. The government acts like the terrorists. And it just happens over and over and over again. So the COVID scam, James, again, this is just one part of the Great Reset scheme. And of course, the dollar dollar bills is a giant part of that. But James, the CHICOMs that we've been building up and funding and actively helping the participation of their communist police state for decades are doing a central bank digital currency. So we have to do one. They're building nukes, so we have to build nukes. It's the same old argument that's been going around forever. It's always just the convenient excuse. So we have to do bioterror defense, which just happens to look exactly like an offensive biological weapons program. We have to do it because they might be doing it. Uh, yeah, it's a good point, a good observation. And this, 
As I say, I don't think there's any one reason why this agenda is going forward at this time in this way. But if there is a fundamental or really important part of this agenda, I would say it is the economic slash monetary part of this agenda. Because as I've talked about, for example, I talked about with John Titus and I've talked about in my other writings, uh, 2019, there was all sorts of destabilization that was happening that was pointing to a major transformative financial event in 2020. So they get to cover all that up because the virus. It's exactly after 9-11, 9-11, 9-11, 9-11, and everyone cheers. Now it's the virus, the virus, the virus. Oh, well, then I guess that's why we have to pump in trillions of dollars of funny money and we have to completely reinvent the entire monetary base of the world. It's because of the virus that is ravaging the world right now. Uh, baloney, of course. And this is baloney that has, again, just like every other aspect of the Great Reset, has been on the table for years. Central banks have been talking about it at least since 2014 and uh, dissecting it in white papers. I've been documenting this for a few years now. For example, I'll just throw you to a couple of examples from my archives. The Bitcoin PSYOP, which I'm still delighted that people who just look at headlines and just read titles think they know what that is about, but they do not. And I, it's always a handy thing for me to when people assume they know what the Bitcoin PSYOP is about before they've even watched it. Anyway, actually read or watch the Bitcoin PSYOP. I think you'll find it instructive in this regard, as well as uh, an article I did on who's afraid of decentralized currency. Both of those from 2018, 2019. At the time, people like uh, former Fed chair Ben Bernanke and Mark Carney and others speaking at blockchain conferences and saying Libra-like cryptocurrency will have to rule the world kind of thing. But of course, what they are talking about is not a cryptocurrency. It is not anything resembling the, uh, you know, Zcash or Monero or anything like that. No, it is a central bank digital currency. And there are huge differences that are explained in those reports that I just passed you to. But I'll, I'll highlight one thing in particular, because it is important to understand that there's going to be a lot of propaganda surrounding this idea and it is all baloney but you can get the real truth from the horse's mouth um in this case the the horse would be uh, augustin karstens the general manager of the bank for international settlements and i won't explain what the bis is because i have many times in the past and if you don't know it look it up but the uh, general manager for the bank for international settlements gave a talk at the central bank of ireland back last year on the future of money and payments talking about digital bank uh, central bank digital currencies and what they were going to look like and what they were going to act like and uh he was talking about the ways this will function and change your life. And he says, at first glance, not much changes for someone in this central bank digital currency era. Say, stopping off at the supermarket on the way home from work. He or she would no longer have the option of paying cash. All purchases would be electronic. But from here, differences start to emerge. A CBDC is not necessarily anonymous like cash. Oh, you don't say? And unlike cash, it could pay or charge interest. Anyway, so they're, they're just licking their chops, delighting at all of the new mechanisms for control that such a thing will offer them. Because, of course, it's not enough just to have the fiat currency that they get to print out of nothing. Now they get to control that and how it functions in your wallet and track everything you do with it and all of the other things that are coming along with this. It is the tyrant's wet dream. So this is an essential part of the Great Reset that's going on right now. Obviously, I'll have more to say on this in the future, but I'll throw the links into what I've just talked about in the show notes so people can start exploring it. Suffice it to say, this is the future. They are rolling this out now, and it has nothing to do with the virus and everything to do with tyranny. 
I think of a perfect simple way to sort of ratchet out the full scope of this as we sort of transition away from the COVID scamdemic for our third and final segment is to basically ask yourself or ask your friends or family, has ISIS or Al-Qaeda or COVID done anything worse to you than the state has already done in their alleged response to those alleged super terrible problems? Again, these are things, again, I think that children would figure out. James, I saw before we even run into this, that's just because I thought of it, went out to the post office the other day, saw a frightening amount of people wearing masks alone in their cars. But even maybe more scary than that, I saw two adults, obviously probably over 50 years old, together, separate, wearing masks outside and taking selfies while they were, I had to double check, I was like, oh, they're dropping their selection ballots into the box. They're super excited. Guy had a resist hat on. It's like, I, I fortunately stopped myself from saying anything, but I feel like I'm friggin' Roddy Piper wandering around, putting on glasses and going like, I can't, I can't believe you guys are doing this. Third and final story this week on our New World Next Week episode 425, my friends, because you didn't ask for it, the fake musical Rebels rant part two, Selection Boogaloo. I got a ton of email about last week's rant that I did about fake musical Rebels, about all these bands who never say anything about, of course, fake left violence and war and terror, but of course get super freaked out when right does it. I got a ton of email about it, pretty much all supportive except for one, James, and it's actually a really interesting one because it brings more to the table. They essentially said, why'd you bash Maynard and Tool? He's political. Here's, here's this video link. So one, I didn't say Tool were never political. I said they only get political and see war crimes when it has a R after their name. And I think I laid that out pretty well last week that some of these bands actively did not release any music during the eight years of the Obama administration. They don't say squat when it's a fake left Pepsi in the White House. And apparently, a perfect circle. Looks like they did the exact same thing as Tool. A perfect circle being essentially one of the side projects of Maynard and Tool and that whole that whole scene. So they sent me this video. Who is... Who is on that video thumbnail they sent? Is is that Obama? I'm oh oh wait, I'm pretty sure that's Baby Bush, the evil Republican, counting bodies like sheep to the rhythms of the war drums. The video link they sent me is to a 2009 video upload, mere weeks, of course, after Obama's inauguration, of a song from their 2004 album. The whole wiki entry basically talks about how mad they were at Bush and how their 2004 album, Emotive, released on election day. The whole album is about evil fake right. So then, and I, again, this is not difficult to document. You can find it all in Wikipedia entries. You can see album release dates and tours and things. It's not a, it's not a hidden musical you know, industry secret. What do they do immediately after Obama gets elected? They basically are a greatest hits act. They toured, they played live shows like crazy throughout the Obama years. Of course, not saying anything about politics and certainly not releasing a brand new album. Oh, but when does their brand new Perfect Circle album come out? 2018, the era of Orange Man. And what is the title of that album? Eat the Elephant, as if it could be any more on the nose about eating the evil sort of Republican symbol. So I guess in some ways, I'm sorry, I only kind of made fun of Tool and Pussifer, their sort of country side project. 
as there was so much more hypocrisy to mention, you guys. And the other thing I think, too, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say Pussifer here on New World next week. I imagine I, I would bet they couldn't get away with being Pussifer right now. I imagine they would get canceled because all the songs are sort of, you know, offensive to women. And that's OK when Obama's in office. So the other disappointing target I wanted to expand on from last week is Run the Jewels. And indeed, they are running the jewels all the way to the Rage Bank. Watch the new Run the Jewels Holy Kalama vote, which isn't even like good branding, which, as we've noted many, many times, is like, oh, man, the left can't meme. Holy Kalama vote, I guess like Holy Calamity, which might be somewhat of a deep hip hop reference, DJ Crush, Holy Calamity, Scream Insanity. They did a big concert with Pharrell Williams and Zach De La Rage Boy, and they did it on Adult Swim, which, of course, is owned by Warner Brothers. And they teamed up with Ben and Jerry's, who, of course, sold out to Unilever 20 years ago. So basically, the company Unilever, known for mercury poisoning, palm oil, plastic pollution, salmonella cereal, on and on there, keeping it real with that company. Oh, and that uh, Netflix series, too. But that's not all, James. Even just doing research for this episode, I learned more to get sort of disappointed about. Ben and Jerry's is giving away its Run the Jewels Chunky Dunky SB Dunk collab. What do those words mean? Sneakers, you guys. Nike Sneakers, the company known for sweatshops. They've teamed up with the sellout ice cream place and the sellout rap group to, I don't know, gaslight about who you should vote for, I guess. And let's not forget the Run the Jewels Marvel-Disney partnership for a new merchandise line. They made a bunch of tchotchkes and toys and plushies. And I'm, James, I'm sure all these tchotchkes and sneakers were made in sustainable facilities by well-paid tailors with a sense of agency in their life. Not not a bunch of sweatshop slaves, right? The Billboard article, after years as indie heroes, here's why Run the Jewels signed with BMG for their fourth album, The quote from LP, the truth of the matter is Run the Jewels outgrew our capability to handle it correctly, end quote. So doing in-store appearances and meeting with, you know, longtime jerks like me, that's incorrect. Made in China, vote scam, chemical food slave sneaker shows, that's the correct way to do it. And you can see the picture of me. I got to meet them. That's been six years ago when they were only on their second album. So again, it's not just rock stars. Again, I'm not mad at Kiss for saying what. They, all they said they wanted to do was rock and roll all night and party every day. I believe they have stuck to that mission. I'm mad at bands who blah, 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 and actively spoke out against the New World Order. That's the sad part about Jellyby Opera and Killer Mike and the rest. One last one I'll add in. Long-running Swedish punk band Refused. I'm sure there's folks out there who know that band. The Shape of Punk to Come. Yeah, they just signed to a major label. And just the largest music corporation in the world refused signed to UMG for their new EP that's called The Malignant Fire. So, James, the good news on all of this is that filled inbox of people saying, yeah, forget these sellouts. A lot of them sent along their own music. And I'm already coordinating with producer Sean in the Media Monarchy Kingdom. We're going to basically be able to put together a whole episode of people who have made their own actually independent truth music. And I only see it blowing up more and more and more, James. Of course, people can basically send that directly. Music at MediaMonarchy.com. News, music, memes, and more is what I do. I got a guy that basically 
does the whole music thing for me. We, of course, collaborate. And, James, should I just do the plugs and wrap it up? Or you, do you have anything well, to say? Yeah, so- first, let me, let me again say that that is the bright spot in all of this. Don't invest your identity in these sellouts and these corporate phonies. We can literally make our own media. And uh, there is a lot of talent out there that isn't signed up to some major corporate conglomerate. And I know because actually I get a lot of that music because I do the annual Truth Music episode of my podcast. And so I get people emailing me all all year long. And so I have at least a couple of hours of music to play on this year's edition. I hope people will send it over to to James as well. Um, I I hope more outlets out there in alternative media space will help to broadcast this as well, because, again, we are... We are the resistance, really. <laughs> Not these people in their masks taking their voting selfies. I mean, we are the authentic, actual re- resistance. And so we need to support the artists out there that are really making a difference rather than the rage against the jewels brought to you by these corporate sponsors in support of the Biden-Harris campaign. I'm Joe Biden and I forget where I am. Uh, yeah, no, I, it, it, it's all nonsense. It's all nonsense. Do not invest your identity in it. And whatever, if you like this music or you think that's a good song, yeah, fine, enjoy it. But as you always say, art greater than artist and do not put these people on a pedestal. That's that's great. I appreciate you, buddy. So as we have been doing for these last uh, several weeks, if not a couple of months, we're including my American post office box for folks who don't do digital money. And it's basically, James, we've sort of joked. It's as, as they joke in the letters themselves, thanks for doing this for old people. Make sure, of course, that the checks are made out to James Evan Pilato and make sure that your email address is written legibly. James, I've actually sent out a couple of postcards to people to be like, I I couldn't read your email address. So, of course, all of that and more information will, of course, always be included in the show notes. James, I think it's maybe important to note we've basically got one more episode to do before the big U.S. selection. And I think there's a lot of stuff we'll have to essentially talk about next week. And I think a lot of that is basically going to be to to prep, to get ready. I would not be surprised at all that the week after the selection, it might not be as easy to put up an episode of New World next week. So I think we'll have to talk about, of course, that and a whole lot more next week, James. So, of course, in the meantime, I'm always streaming radio eight hours a day, Monday through Friday at MediaMonarchy.com. I would love for folks to come check it out. Yeah. And good point. And the worst part is, I don't think this will all be wrapped up in a couple weeks. No, this will be going on for a very long time. So anyway, we'll do what we can while we can, when we can. And I hope people will be tuning into MediaMonarchy.com for the the live stream. Yes? Well, I was going to say, we'll be throttled immediately. Oh, yeah. Out this show for weeks and weeks and months. That's that's the that's the thing to remember. Yeah, exactly right. Well, we'll keep doing what we can. Anyway, uh, on that note, oh, what a happy and optimistic episode. <laughs> Let's do it again next week, James. Thanks again for your time. All right, buddy. Take care.